Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you on Tuesday night, February 15th, following a really satisfying road win against the Miami Heat by the Dallas Mavericks. They won 107 to 99. Josh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. And yeah, you're right. This was probably their most, I mean, might have been their most impressive win of the season, if we're being honest. So there's a lot, there's a lot, lot we could talk about. <laughs> I want to throw out just some some figures and see how we deal with those figures. First of all, that's Miami's seventh home loss of the season. Miami's the number one seed in the East. I don't know if they are anymore, but like they're this was just an incredible win. The Mavericks held the Heat to 19 points in the third quarter and then 21 in the second. Just a I mean, this was a spectacular coaching job and schematic adjustment with the limitations this Maverick roster had. I mean, I know the Heat are down a guy or two, but the the Heat scored a lot of points. They scored fifty nine. Is that right? Yeah, fifty nine points in the in the first quarter or in the first half, and and limiting them like they did in the third and the fourth was just wildly impressive and had the Mavericks actually managed to hit some free throws they this might not have even been a close game no the Heat had 32 points in the first half and kids started the game with kind of a small ball lineup with Brunson Luca Finney Smith Josh Green and Dwight Powell I think just to keep the continuity of what they had been running for the last couple like for the last week or so which was Reggie Bullock and Green or sorry Reggie Bullock and Finney Smith at the forwards uh, with Kristaps out now that Kristaps was traded, I think he just kind of maybe wanted to keep that same kind of continuity with that lineup. Uh, but it was pretty clear by halftime that Dwight Powell is the lone big on the floor in a small ball against this Heat. The way this Heat team attacks the rim was not going to cut it. And Maxi ended up playing 35 minutes. He started the second half. He feels like he played like the entire second half. And, I mean, it was Maxi Cleaver's best yeah. game of the season. Might have been the, one of the best games of his career. Let's let's just read this box score for Max. Yeah. Off the bench, 19 points, six rebounds, one steal, and five blocks. To go along, like, in, in uh, what contributed to his points, three of eight from three, six of eight from the line. Just, and really marvelous defense on Jimmy Butler. Butler kind of ate the Mavericks lunch because he forces his way to the line as good as anybody in the league. And Maxi just... Yeah, the, 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 you're not going to see it if you go. If you miss the game, you look at Jimmy. Jimmy had 29 and 10. You're probably going to say, "Well, what did he do?" And let me just tell you, Butler could have had 45 points if you if if Maxi wasn't guarding him. It was a great like we Maxi's not been very good lately this year in in huge aspects, and this was just a a throwback performance. Really glad for him. Yeah, Butler shot uh, what he took five shots. He was three of five in the fourth quarter, but it felt like it could have been more. Uh, I think Maxi did a good job at forcing him to pass out of a lot of situations. Um, and yeah, it was, he was everywhere. I mean, it, it was the Maxi game. I mean, they don't win this without his effort. I mean, he basically, this was, this is the version of Maxi that when you get, when you get a little critical of Cleve, of Maxi's ceiling or where his standing is on this team or maybe compared to like the rest of the league when people get really mad at you uh, when you're like, you know, maybe the Mavericks could do better at this spot and the rotation. And then you get, you know, a thousand people responding to, you know, he's, he's like one of the rarest combination of players in the league. You know, he's, he can, he can switch, he can guard all five positions. He can hit threes. And like, yeah, you know, he does that. 
maybe not consistently throughout a season because that'd be ridiculous for any player, uh, you know, let alone a, a backup undrafted free agent. But I mean, this was, this was the pinnacle. This is yep. like when everything is going right for Maxi and when he's healthy and when he's making his shots uh, and when he's playing good defense, like this is it, this is, this is the level that he can reach. And it's not something that you can obviously you can count on to, for him to do every single game. Cause we've seen his body not be able to hold up the last couple of seasons, but for one night in Miami, I mean, hell yeah, <laughs> he, he did it and he deserves all the credit in the world. It was a, it was an incredible performance uh, by yeah. him. I, I, one of the challenging parts about watching Maxi game to game is you can see how much of his game is confidence based. Um, and this is not a knock like role players have ups and downs. It's just kind of a fact of life. You know, he's like you mentioned, he's undrafted. He's over 30. He's got some things, you know, over the long haul, like work against him just from a profile. And when he has bad games for the Mavericks, his bad games are often awful. It's like, it's very frustrating sometimes. And he's had some additional responsibilities put on top of him with KP gone now um and i'm going to be really interested to see how he holds up but five blocks like some of the things he was doing there was an overturned foul call which was the right call where he broke up a alley-oop that i mean might have been as high as i can remember him getting i mean it was (laughs) just really something and then that led to made threes because in the first half let's be clear this dude airballed a corner three-pointer shooting it over the rim by a solid four feet like it was it was one of those that makes me tweet incendiary stuff but you know the second half performance just really otherworldly I, i'm really glad for yeah for and it was and the crazy part i mean obviously it was a team effort uh but i mean the rim protection was i mean it was him i mean he was he was the rim protection i mean they didn't the only two bigs that played tonight were him and dwight powell um, you know, no Kristaps, Marquise Chris is hurt. Not like he would have been a defensive presence anyway, but it's it's crazy to imagine how much of the responsibility Maxi had to shoulder tonight and for him to still come through with, with defensive play after defensive play after defensive play in the second half when the Mavericks really needed it because you know they were ba- you know, I think they were down double digits uh, you know, at times in the third quarter before they went on their run like they really they needed it they needed every single minute of it and it was that that just that part of it like he didn't have Kristaps today mm-hmm. to like give him a breather and play you know he every minute he was on the floor he had to play like an otherworldly defender for the Mavericks to win this game and he did it so well I feel like he about... deserves a week off after a game like this yeah well he might you know they yeah. play the <laughs> they play the Pelicans next uh, but I bet you know But then I think we need to hit on one of the reasons why every single point from Maxi was needed. In terms of shooting performance, this was one of Luka Doncic's most challenged games of the season. He he obviously had finished with a nice stat line, 21 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, just 3 turnovers, but he was 5 of 19 from the floor. He just couldn't get some looks to go. Um, And that's not a criticism. Like, Luca had played absolutely incredibly out of double teams. He probably had six hockey assists tonight where he made the right pass, which led to another right pass, which led to a bucket. And so the, the, you know, when Luca's struggling from the floor, it's usually lights out for the Mavericks, but instead what happened was four of his teammates, if I can do math, 
is it four? Yeah, four of his teammates uh, contributed with double figures. And that's beyond Maxi's 19. Brunson also had 19, kind of had an odd game. Uh, Brunson missed some thought shots he, I thought he should make and then made some shots I thought he should miss. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith really played. Um, he hit some really clutch buckets. And then newcomer to the Dallas Mavericks, Davis Bertans, uh, scored more points in the first three quarters tonight than he did the entire month of February with the Wizards, <laughs> uh, with 12 makes, including a hysterical three of seven from three-point range. And he shot four threes in his first four minutes as a Maverick. It was then he had an and one dunk. Like there was just all sorts <laughs> of, of things happening with Davis Bertans tonight. Yeah, I mean, seven three point attempts in 13 minutes. Um, you look around and like <laughs> there are other guys on this team that played, you know, Josh Green played 20 minutes and took three. Uh, Brunson played 39 and took five. Dorian played 36 and took seven. So so just to give you an indication of how quickly he was able to get the ball up, uh, it, it was pretty impressive. And I'm just staring at that 13 minutes. I swear it felt like he played longer, but that is absolutely hilarious that he was well, able and to he, stuff he all that in 13 minutes. There was one shot fake he pulled where he got it like near the like like well beyond where Lucas shoots his normal step back and did a pump fake that caused a Miami defender to like come out of him at like 40 feet. And then Brunson missed him on a driving kick at the end of the third quarter um, where he should have passed to Brunson immediately, or not Brunson, Bertans immediately. And, and cause he's just open. Um, and I think as, as these guys get more time together, they're going, people are going to start finding him um, because the Mavericks were playing like a true for a significant portion of the second half. They're playing a true five out offense. I don't know if you can do that against some teams in the league, but most, you know, as long as you're certain teams just don't have really true defensive big men. And it was just like fun to watch. Like I, I hope, I hope Bertans gets, you know, 15 minutes a night, uh, at least for a little while while they're figuring stuff out, you know? Yeah. And you kind of saw everything with it. Like you saw the the good and bad. I mean, before, I mean, he missed his first two threes. He was getting, like torched on defense. Car- yeah, and not just like <laughs> playing bad, but like Miami was like, oh, okay, go he's on the floor. We were funneling our all offense. I mean, they ran a two-three zone yeah. with Bertons on top of the zone. He is six six ten-ish. Yeah. Like to have a dude like that, you just want to keep him away from the rim. And uh, Mavis just got carved up. But yeah. you know, th- but that he, is what then it he is. makes they three threes him. and yeah, then he makes three threes in, in five minutes, and you're like, oh shit. Uh mm-hmm. It's still fun. He's kind of like, I mean, they need someone like this with with THJ out. They don't have any volume three point shooters besides Luca. And how much have we talked about on this podcast that, yeah, percentage matters, but sometimes you just need guys that will actually pull the trigger because if you don't, defenses are going to key in more on Luca. They're gonna they're gonna pack the paint more and they're gonna ignore uh, your shooters and they're and it's gonna really clump up your offense. So. Uh, you know, the Mavericks don't have a ton of high volume guys like seven for Dorian is a lot. But it, mm-hmm. so they they just need someone to gun it so that these extreme traps and, and packing the paint against Luca uh, can maybe free that up some more. And it's really funny. I mean, obviously, THJ is a better a better player than Bertans, but they're kind of similar. Like, I mean, Bertans almost feels like a 6'10 THJ in terms of like, well, they both have similar uh, strengths and weaknesses in terms of ones. They're both kind of 
one-dimensional high-volume three-point shooters that don't give you much elsewhere. Uh, so that's kind of fu- he's kind of fitting right in off the bench to to fill that role. Well, it can't be emphasized enough how much a willingness to shoot is a skill. Yes. Because let's let's take Dorian, who you know obviously just signed this incredible contract, and sometimes the Mavs ask too much of him. He averages about five and a half threes a game, which for a guy who plays 30 to 35 minutes some nights, there are nights where you look at his box score and it's like, oh, he took two threes. Oh, he took three. And you just like the the defenses don't respect players who don't take attempts. You know, it's and and that's been a a significant part of of Dorian and then recently Maxie's problems. And, you know, the, the offense is sort of, They've they've really talked about they try to go away from threes. I I mean, that's just not been the case this year. And the willingness to shoot catches catches up with them because then what they do is take what you know Istok um described, you know, in a piece last season where it's like they take bad threes, where it's like end of shot clock, like really difficult ones for certain players, where it's like the Mavericks sometimes need they they overpass on occasion and they just need guys who are willing to shoot. That's where like we we would we've talked about Brunson maybe taking more at some point. So it's just you know, somewhat getting some of the volume up somewhere if it loosens the defense a little bit because Luca can't spend this much time double teamed. I mean, he's double teamed more than anybody else in the league, and the Mavericks are going to get these looks. They just have to be willing to pull the trigger. Yeah, and with Miami, especially Eric Spolstra, since Luca has entered the league, has been it's been kind of a, amazing. I, you know, it's I'm you know it's kind of impressive that uh, that he's this committed to it. But since Luca has been in the league and the Mavs have played the heat, I mean, they are no shame just doubling the hell out of Luca, and not just as like a crunch time tactic. I mean, they do it from opening tip to the final buzzer. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just anytime Luca is running a pick and roll, anytime he, he maybe dribbles a little bit past the three point line, there is a second heat defender waiting for him. And, it's a weird, you know, in his rookie year, I remember when he played against the Heat, it was, it was he had a really bad game and he hadn't he wasn't able to handle the NBA double team that well, but obviously, like since his rookie year, I mean, he's just he just destroys double teams and it's always been a strategy that you're like, well, it, it makes sense on paper, but Luka is just so good, like why would you do this and you kind of saw why in the first half, uh, you know, the the role players are just not dynamic enough to make make him pay sometimes, but then you know, in the second half, guys start making shots, and it just opens things up a little bit more. And yeah, I mean, Luca only had three. Considering the defensive attention he had, the fact that Luca only had three turnovers is a, is a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I know people mm-hmm. are going to see the six assists and be like, "Well, you know, if he was passing so well to the double teams, you know, why don't they?" Well, the reason is because he had a lot of hockey, hockey assist stuff. Tonight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how many times did he? get doubled uh you know on the wing and he would hit the guy flashing to the free throw line and then that guy would make a play from there i mean that was the, the game ceiling play was was luca getting doubled hitting dwight powell at the free throw line and then powell uh in the four on three ro- rotating the ball over to maxi for the open corner three so i i thought everyone passed the ball really well i mean eight turnovers as a team against this incredible season. yeah like really really good 27 assists to eight turnovers like marvelous game uh, well for for the the whole team really you said something that triggered a thought where miami is a good because of how well coached they are and then just the variety of length and 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 speed that they can throw at the mavericks 
are a good example of, I think, the kind of things the Mavericks are likely to see in the playoffs this year. Exactly. We're going against, and so seeing that sort of performance, both from Luca and from the coaching staff, and really from the the rest of the team, is is the sort of thing you you look to build on as the Mavericks head into the All Star break. Now, I would need to probably watch the second half again. What the hell did the Mavericks do in the third quarter to stop the scoring? Did they just kind of get lucky? Because I feel like the Heat didn't hit some threes. Like that. Was yeah, I mean that's part of it. Um, Duncan Robinson was one of five from three. Uh, that the mess stuck with him pretty good though. Yeah, like there was a lot of like like attentiveness to shooters that I I think sometimes this team has lacked historically. Yeah, and I think I mean they went they started the second half with Brunson, Luca, Finney, Smith, Dwight, Maxi. Those five guys have played together a lot the last three or four years and you know maxi is your best defender on the roster right now well you know between him and, and finney smith and bullock but tonight with bullock out you know maxi was your best defending big man for sure and i think that that lineup change really just had a trickle down effect in it and it just helped a lot i mean with bam out of bio <laughs> being single covered by dwight powell that's not ideal so having maxi is back up there i think that really helped and i think you know that's a unit that's played a lot of minutes a lot of possessions together and that matters a lot like god bless josh green in his 20 minutes he did some awful things but he did some amazing things his, his uh, box score looks good like he's yeah, just a hilarious I, player as yeah. long as it doesn't cause him to lose games yeah exactly but you know i mean he he hasn't played a lot with these guys compared to maxi i mean maxi's got a tough defensive assignment yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that was a tough situation for him. So for him to do what he did, I mean, he, he hit two three-pointers and scored eight points. I feel like we should be throwing him a parade in some aspects. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that switch to Maxi in the second half starting, playing a lot of minutes uh, next to Dwight Powell, going the two-big lineup. Eric Spolster, I think, had a post-game comment I just saw scroll across my feed where he was like, they're tough because, you know, everyone they play is is six eight. They play a lot of big rangy guys and you don't really think about that much but you know when they started the second half with finney smith pal Doncic, kleba like those are a bunch of guys that can move their feet and are six eight or taller so i think that helped a lot uh especially when you consider the heats the heats half court offense can kind of they can kind of get make the game ugly without a good defensive showing against them and uh so i think the mavericks will put on pressure i mean the heat don't really have a bench um i mean the offense is really like if butler and lowry aren't doing anything i mean i don't they don't and that dude i've never heard of him before omir i don't want to butcher his last name starts with the it's it looks like yurt seven i don't want to f it up that cannot be how you pronounce it but he's like a 15 day or like a 10 gay guy that that they signed who had 11 and 8 off the bench and just killed the members in the first half yeah, I mean, he exposed their front court depth uh, a big time in the first half for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, but- oh, we, you know, we we do owe it to to because this was such an interesting win. We've not even talked about the other Dallas acquisition and and Spencer Dinwiddie. What did you think of his game? I thought it was shockingly subdued. Um, the thing that I've been really worried about with Dinwiddie coming to the team is that a lot of people have been saying, "Well, you know, Kristaps isn't playing, so." They're winning without Kristoff, so what's it going to hurt? And I'm like, well, I mean, I mean, adding an actively bad player to be playing like 20 minutes a game could make your team worse, and that's what Dinwiddie was in Washington. 
So, I mean, nothing overtly impressive about his line, but I just was impressed with the fact that he kind of just stayed in the moment. And I feel like I only kind of slapped my forehead like two or three times total uh, watching him play. And I'll take that for now. Uh, I mean, he was he was not doing well in Washington. I mean, he was shooting 25% uh, in the month of February entering this game. So I don't have high expectations for his scoring. But, I mean, he came in. He had five assists, zero turnovers. I mean, I only counted like maybe one or two shots that I wish he didn't take. Mm-hmm. And honestly, with the, how bad the Mavs bench has been, that's enough. And I don't know if he gets more comfortable, if he's going to want to uh, try to take some more shots, but I, I I didn't see any hijacking of the possessions, which is what yep. we saw a lot in Washington. Like he just he kind of played the game that was presented to him, and I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I don't think the Heat are a good team to judge his game to game stuff also, against. Yeah. They're just good. So the yeah. fact that we're not mad, I think, is is really a step in the right direction. Um, yeah, he made the he he made the right read. Like, I mean, five assists, zero to, like he was moving, like, you know, he wasn't, the ball wasn't sticking with him, which was really yep. nice. Yep. Well, this has been fun. Um, you got anything else? Uh, Josh green made the most amazing pass I've seen from a non Luca Maverick in like 10 years tonight. I don't know if you caught that cross court corner three pass he made to Brunson. I will take words. I, like, like that, that strikes <laughs> I me might write like, about it after like a 200 done. word post. Cause that was, I mean, it was, and it's, it was it's immaculate. Funny. This is a little thing, but because I'm like teaching five year, like my five-year-old how to play basketball, most pl- like the pop that he put on that pass, like Luca's unbelievably good at this and we take it for granted. But just the like the formulate like the pass, it's in slightly no look, and the ball just moved to get to the corner. It's yeah. uh, it was great. I loved it. Uh, I could talk like you're right. That, that was a great play. Yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that before we left. It was that was crazy. I couldn't believe right. when I saw it. I made a noise. <laughs> just watching well, it. Just guttural this... reaction. Couldn't believe what I was watching. I love it. Uh, speaking of guttural, uh, guttural reactions, uh, Giannis Attentacumpo had 50, 14, and 4 and only took 18 shots. He oh, is good. good <laughs> That's why it's like, oh, Miami's the number one seed. And I'm like, I don't see Miami doing crap <laughs> against that guy. Um, yeah. All right. This has been delightful. Kirk and Josh, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Uh, there will be a green room posting tomorrow afternoon. And then I'm going, we're going to start messing around with a, a slightly different short uh form podcast which we will attempt to post on mornings of uh where you know basically when there's not two games in a row type stuff uh we'll 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 figure it out but this has been josh and kirk and we will talk to you soon thank you all for hanging out